0: if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, happy Monday to you. Last Monday of June, Almost halfway through the year here. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and welcome to The Inner Life, our program where every day here on Relevant Radio, we try and understand how God might be speaking to us, might be working in our lives. We do that with the help of different spiritual directors, different priests that join us from around the country and spend an hour of their day with us here on The Inner Life. Now, do you have a pretty thick skin to handle rejection? Or do you find yourself struggling with disappointment whenever you're told no by someone? Now, most of us, we get told no over and over, starting at a very young age. I know this was the case for me. No, you can't have cookies before dinner. You need to eat healthy food and not fill up on sweets. No, you can't stay up watching television. You have school in the morning. You need to get some sleep. And then when I became a parent, then... There I was having to tell my children the same things. No, you can't have that. It's not good for you. Or no, you can't do that. You'll almost certainly hurt yourself. But none of us like to be told no. And sometimes if we're told no and it it seems completely arbitrary, or even if it's not completely arbitrary, even if we know the reasons, and there may be good reasons, we can find ourselves being resentful. I know my kids, they can show this in a variety of ways, depending upon their personality and their age. Because if I tell my 14-year-old daughter no to something she wants to do, well, there's a good chance she's going to get sullen and moody and maybe mope around the house for the next little while. My 12-year-old son... He'll actually try and argue with me or if it's his mother that tells him no, but he'll just argue right away, getting animated, maybe getting even a little bit loud trying to make his case for why we should allow him to do or to have whatever it is that he's after. But even after telling him no again and him being frustrated or upset in that moment, he'll quickly get over it and he'll just move on to something else. He doesn't linger on it. My seven-year-old daughter... She'll be so focused on what she wants that she'll ask, she'll be told no, and then it's almost like she's forgotten because she's so so obsessed with what she wants. Or maybe she thinks that my wife or or me, you know, one of us will change our our minds. So she'll come back maybe five minutes, ten minutes later and ask the question. And this can happen several times before we finally have to point out, hey, I've answered you three, four, five times. And I'm not going to change the answer. And then our two-year-old son, if we tell him no, or especially if we try and move him away from something that he shouldn't be doing, well, he'll just collapse. He'll go kind of boneless and just lie there on the floor to try and prevent us from taking him away from whatever it is he wants to do. Just physically shows, I want to be here and I don't want anybody to change this. Yet in all of these situations with our kids and their different responses when my wife or I, when we tell them no to something they want, we're really preventing them for their own good, for their own well-being. It's ultimately because we know that the short-term benefit or happiness that they see in whatever they want right then, we can tell there's going to be some sort of longer-lasting negative impact for them in the end. But they don't see that in the moment. Now, of course, this happens to all of us in our spiritual lives as well. We might ask God for something, tell him that this is the one thing that we really want. But for some reason, God says, no, that's not my will for your life. And then how do you or I respond? Do you argue or do you get resentful? Or do you become like my two-year-old? Try and force your will, maybe dig in your heels, try and stay there, even when it's obvious that this goes against what God wants for you. Or rather, do you humbly accept God's will and trust that he wants the best for you, even if you don't understand his reasons in that moment? Well, this is what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life, how we can be ready to accept God's leading for our lives, even if we don't understand everything, or if it's not what we want at that moment. How can we accept God's will even when he tells us no? And our spiritual director for the hour today, I'm very glad to welcome back Father Chris Walsh. Father Walsh is a priest in the in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, the pastor of Saint Cecilia's Church in Philly. Father, welcome back to the program. Glad to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you so much. Happy Monday, and always a pleasure to join you, but especially for a topic like this, which is so dear to all of our hearts.
0: It is, and you know, uh, it's always easy to accept God's will in our lives if we ask for something, and He says yes, but it's when He says no, that's where it becomes difficult. But maybe before we dive into the yes and no kind of part of it, it might be good to start just trying to have some basic understanding of God's will in general. Um, You know, things that we can look at from a universal standpoint that apply to all of us. So when we talk about understanding the will of God, where should we start, Father?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, God's will is certainly to love us, uh, for us to receive love and to be aware of his love, and then to act in that love. Uh, We we prayed in the opening prayer at Mass yesterday yesterday, uh, that we delight in our adoption as God's children, right? And, and that's the whole work of salvation, that God draws us to himself. And so his will is that we allow ourselves to be adopted, that we allow ourselves to be drawn in, and then that we behave as God's children behave, which is we don't have to guess what that looks like, that we, we imitate Jesus. And so that's always the will. He shows us because Jesus himself says, I am the way. And so we seek to live in accord with that way, for our good and, and for God's glory.
0: Well, you used a word a couple of times there. We allow God to al- to love us. We allow Him to adopt us into His family, and I-, I think that's also something that might be important to talk about here. Is just the fact that when it comes to understanding God's will, we have our own free will that's involved here too. So. We can respond inappropriately. We can go against God's will. Um, That most of the time, even though there might be maybe some benefit or we see something good initially, it really is going to come down to do we sacrifice our will, our free will, and doing what we want, trusting that God has what is best for us in mind. And,
1: and isn't that the challenge for all of us, Josh, right? Because, uh, you know, even though we're grown adults, we're not far from being the two-year-old who wants what we want when we want it, which is now. And, and, and sometimes, as we know, and I'm sure we'll circle back to this in conversations and perhaps with some callers, sometimes God's answer to us is wait. You know, I, I understand that you want this, but not now. And most of us don't do well with that because we want it now.
0: Do you think that's even... I I don't know. I I think in our contemporary culture, there's such a lack of being patient, probably more than almost any other time in the history of the world. Because I remember I was talking with a friend of mine. We were saying, you know, when we were younger, uh, even high school and college, you didn't have everything out there online like you do now. Now, if, if I forget, you know, an actor that was in a movie... I don't have to just kind of wonder about it and think, oh, well, maybe it'll come to me later or or I'll think about it in the next day or two. All I have to do is whip out my phone and I can look up whatever that movie was or whoever that actor was. There's no there's no need to be patient anymore for so many things. I mean, even uh, (laughs) with delivery, you know. I can order something on Amazon and it can be at my house the very next day. There's so many different things in our lives. We're in a fast food kind of culture where being patient, it seems to have been a, a lost virtue.
1: Yeah. If if someone doesn't respond to my email, I then call them or text them. You know? Or if someone doesn't respond to my text immediately, you know, I, I get frustrated and I send another, did you not see this? Um, which yeah, certainly right. in an age of, of ages gone by, You put a letter in the mail. You waited four days for it to get there. You waited for the person to have time to write it back, you know, and then four days. Yeah, so so certainly we've become more impetuous. And the other part of it is we live in a time in which information is so readily available. You know, you, you have conversations now, and you say, I wonder about this. And while you're wandering, someone's pulling out the phone and doing an Internet search, so that it's no longer a wander, right? Oh, no, no, it was the it was the Mets who won that year. Or, oh, no, 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 this is the distance to Los Angeles, and this is the cost of fuel, whatever. And so there's not even ambiguity, right? We, we want absolute clarity, definitive answers. You know, when are the gas prices going to go down? Um, you know, and so, um, you know, it, it, it's a challenge to be in a relationship with God who makes his will known, but often in a very slow way, and also not always in a hundred percent clear way, right? There's often going to be ambiguity, and so we're gonna go down a path thinking this is what God wants with, with uh you know earnestness, with, with, with transparency, with humility. But then as we start going down that path, perhaps it's revealed, no, that that wasn't the path. That wasn't the ultimate path. Maybe we are supposed to go on this way for a little while, but, but, but then go in a different direction. I find this often with people who are discerning religious life. You know, maybe they enter the seminary, they enter a religious community, thinking this is God's will for them. And then they're horribly disappointed six months later, eight months later, two years later, where now they're, they're, they're not on that path. Well, no, you were on that path for a reason, and some good came from that for that period of time, if not for you, then for someone else. You were dating someone, and it didn't lead to marriage you wanted it to, but maybe that person has now returned to the faith because of your influence. And so we have to see things from this bigger perspective that we don't always have when we're in the moment. So we might be led in some way, but then God might say, okay, I wanted you there for that long, but now I want you here.
0: Talking with Father Chris Walsh today about how we can accept God's will in our life, especially in those difficult moments where maybe God says, wait, like Father Chris was saying, or maybe just God out and out says, no, that's not what I want for you. And when have you struggled to accept God's will in your life? And God did maybe say no, or he did say wait. And how did you finally come to a point where you were able to say, okay, not my will, God, but your will be done Or did you ignore God's leading, and how did that turn out? Uh, Are you maybe in the midst of something where you're having that difficulty accepting God's will for your life right now, and you'd like to talk with Father Chris? 888-914-9149 is the phone number to call in and speak with Father Chris Walsh. 888-914-9149. Or you can email us, innerlife, at relevantradio.com. Father, in this culture that we live in that we want the answers we want to know everything immediately what do you think can help us grow in that virtue of patience of being able to say it's okay I don't have to I don't have to know everything and I don't have to know it all right at this moment but I can just be content to wait on God and his timing
1: I think you just answered your question <laughs> that, that humility of I'm going to live in this moment I'm always going to have my mind set on what is to come on what is God's ultimate goal, which, of course, is heaven, and my living in love in all of my relationships and choosing love in every situation. But but it's that being okay, that, okay, in this moment, I am where God wants me to be. I'm making the choice that God wants me to be. Um, that may change tomorrow, right? That may change tomorrow, but but for today. And I think that living in the present moment is a lost art for us in many cases, But it is the the, the age-old, quote-unquote, secret of a healthy spiritual life uh, to be in the present moment because that's where God is. Certainly God cares about our future. Certainly God wants to heal our past. But but choosing the will of God, I can only do that for today because the circumstances of tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years from now, I don't even know what they are. (laughs) And, And so in this moment, this moment today, I'm, I'm choosing that which is best for myself, uh, for my family, you know, for God, not necessarily in that order. Perhaps God, family, and myself uh, is the preferred order. But, but I think that that's the key of, of the humility to be okay with not knowing everything. Right? We all want the three-year plan, the five-year plan, the 20-year plan. And we know, even when we make those up, you know, well, gee, the economy just happened. There goes that plan. You know, or this person got sick there goes that plan, you know, or my desires of life. I don't want to like my job. I want to change it. All right. Or or, or that job doesn't exist anymore. You know, and so being much more local, much more immediate in my availability to God and and being content that that, that for today, again, the wisdom of the 12-step programs, right? They don't worry about being sober five years from now, one day at a time. Today, I'm sober. Today, I'm living in God's grace.
0: Well so how do we how do we take knowing what you've kind of laid out for us here understanding God's will is to love us that we love others ultimately that we are able to be in heaven with him after this life you know our eternal salvation that's that's the kind of the broad scope of God's will for us how do we start that discernment process individually you know, there's certain mm. things that we can look at, and we're, go- we're going to know. You know, does God want me to go to Mass every Sunday? Yes. You know, does God yeah. want me to be kind to the person who maybe isn't so kind to of me? Yes. I-, I I already know that just based upon the revelation from Scripture and-, and, you know, the the teaching of the Church. But then some of these other ones you, you mentioned, you know, uh, if your job, if you either don't like it or it doesn't exist anymore— how do I know where to go for other employment? You know, um, yeah. what what is it that God wants for me? And and these are the tougher questions to try and figure out. How do we approach those questions that are so specific to each one of us as individuals?
1: Great, great question. So that, that, that introduces the topic that I think we've talked about, and certainly some of the other priests who have joined your wonderful show uh, have talked about discernment. Um, you know, and, and discernment literally is the idea of, of I'm sifting through something right and so I've got lots of choices right if 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 my if I find out that the the doctor I work for as a receptionist is closing his practice you know, okay, I've got some options. I could go work for another doctor as a receptionist. I could go work as a receptionist somewhere else. I could take advantage of uh, all the people that want to hire bus drivers. You know, I always wanted to be a kindergarten aide. I'm going to go do that. Um, or, you know, there's an opportunity for me to get some money for my family as we take care of mom. Okay, well now I've got six other options, which I'm attracted to all of them. Right now, if I think, oh i could I could join my friend in uh you know Robin banks, well no that that's not loving. that's not good. That's, that's not an option. Those things are off the table. I can never select something that is bad, and so I take all the options that are good around a career or a move or you know a ministry in my parish, and then I have to sift through them, so my, I, I get it down to three or four that might be realistic, and then I have to come up with a discernment process. So that I know, okay, yeah, this is what I believe God wants me to do, you know. I think where our disappointment often comes in is that we already have our heart set on one of those things. You know, I I say I'm discerning, but I really want God to open up that position at the parish, you know, where I'll be the receptionist. You know, and so I don't get that, I'm disappointed. But I never actually discerned where God wanted me to be. You know, and so I think that's often where the disappointment comes in, that if I really have a, a disposition of God, w- reveal to me what you want. Because we know that sometimes what, what God wants isn't what I want, <laughs> you know? Because it might be something that's going to require sacrifice and stretching me in a different way. But I think that's how the discernment process happens. And then there's a variety of ways we can do that. We seek advice from friends. We make the lists of what are the pros and cons, and we read that to God. We think about what are the fruits of this, what are the opportunities, what are the challenges. You know, and I think you know, eventually it all sort of um, you know, weighs itself out
0: talking with Father Chris Walsh today here on The Inner Life and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149 as we're talking about how we can accept God's will in our lives, especially maybe when it's not the answer that we're hoping for, the answer that we want. When has that happened for you? When did you pray for something, but God said no, or he said wait, and how did you accept God's will in that moment? Or maybe you didn't accept God's will at first. How did you finally come around to that? Or maybe that's what's happening for you right now. You're trying to discern God's will. You're, you're kind of struggling. Or maybe just you know what God wants, and that's the struggle, to just accept what God wants for <laughs> you, what he has made clear for you. 888-914-9149, 914 9149 And we'll keep on talking about discernment and accepting God's will coming up in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, Flexible Premium Life Insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to relevantradio.com/forester, an Illinois Life Insurance Society, not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and today we're talking about how we can accept God's will in our lives when God might say no, or he might say, I want something different for you, or maybe, yeah, but not right now. And have you gone through a time like that where God did tell you no? And how did you accept God's will in that moment? Or did you not accept his will, and how did that turn out for you? Maybe right now you're going through that discernment process, and you'd like a little help, a little advice, and guidance. You're welcome to call in and speak with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, pastor of Saint Cecilia's Church in Philly, and our studio line to call in eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Father. We started talking about discernment itself just before the break, and you were talking about a number of different uh, aspects that we have to keep in mind as we're trying to discern God's will in our life. Um, One thing that you brought up was when we're trying to discern God's will, when we're asking that question, if there's a choice in front of us, maybe two or more things that we can look at, two or more directions we can go. We, a lot of times, will approach that already having in our mind an idea of what we want, where we want to go, and we'll be hopeful that God's will aligns with that. But how can we get our own emotions and our own desires out of the way? How can we kind of put those aside? Uh, what are some good practical steps that, or, or or some some advice you might offer on how we can get that set off to the side as we are trying to truly discern what God wants for us?
1: Yeah, well, of course, as we know, and, and again, you tackle the topic so often on your, on your wonderful show, the, the distractions that will come, right? And there's been lots of books, and you can find lots of resources online about discernment. It's always good to have a companion, right, whether it's a, a spiritual director or the regular confessor, a friend who is, who is wise and who, who actually prays, um, who's sort of helping you make the discernment. So again, first off, you know, be in a place of freedom and consolation. Right? Ignatius tells us, never make a decision in desolation. And sadly, lots of times people discern desolation. Just to recap, consolation, I feel God's love, I'm aware of God's love, I'm in a place of grace, desolation, I feel unloved by God, I feel distant from other people, I feel blah, you know, it's kind of a spiritual depression of sorts. We don't want to make decisions, certainly not big life decisions, when we're in desolation. And sadly, sometimes people do that about their marriage, about a vocation, about involved in a ministry. I'm upset and I make the decision I'm leaving. That's not a discernment, that's quitting. Right? So first off, I want to be a place of consolation. I then want to gather what are my options. Don't discern multiple things at once. Right? And I think sometimes we make that mistake. I'm going to discern moving. I'm going to discern leaving my job. I'm going to discern a new group of friends. I'm going to discern all at once. No. Discernment has to come down to one thing. And so you might need to make the biggest decision first about moving or retiring or something like that first. Once you discern that, okay, then move on to a second discernment. But a sermon should be a particular choice, right? And then I I place all those options, and, and again, the different methods that are there, so that I can sort of hear God. It needs to be tested, right? over time. And so, uh, how do I know that I've made the right discernment? Well, I'm seeing fruits. The fruits of the Spirit are active. You know, I'm more loving. I'm more joyful. I'm more patient. Uh, I've got self-control. I'm I'm more generous. That these things are there. If it's not, (laughs) well, then maybe we made a bad discernment, which we've all done. We've all done. And so, we go back. Okay, God, perhaps I misunderstood you. Not that God led you wrong, but but perhaps I misunderstood where I was supposed to go. Sure.
0: Sure. Uh, So, if if we find ourselves in a situation, let's say, where maybe uh, we've we're, we're at a place like you're talking about. We're in a place of consolation. We've laid out what are the pros and cons. We've gone through, maybe, you know, had some advice and help and prayer from a friend or somebody close. We've gone through all of this, and we still can't quite discern where God is leading. Is it possible that we have choices in front of us that really it can be God's will to go in either direction? You know, if I've got two different job offers in front of me and both of them seem good, is, is it possible that God might be saying, yeah, both of them are good, and regardless of which one you choose, you're still going to be in my will?
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that we have to remember God believes in us. God believes that we can make a good choice. God believes that we can make a choice that is pleasing to him. Right? Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we don't trust ourselves as much as God trusts us. And I think that that often happens with job selections, with young people making a choice around college, um, you know, with getting involved in a ministry, um, or, or maybe you know, pruning back on some ministries, that there's a couple different options. And God says, okay, yeah, these are all good. You choose. You choose. And again, if we make a mistake, praise God. He gives us another chance and then a third chance and then a fourth chance. So but 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 I definitely agree that yes, there could go down to two or maybe even three. All three are good. You make the choice.
0: Do you think we can go too far in trying to discern God's will in the the little details of life? And my thought is certain things, especially if they're morally neutral, you know those might not need the same sort of discernment. I I might not need to bring those to God because it doesn't matter what color of shirt I wear today. Just pick out a shirt. Or if I go out to breakfast, it doesn't matter to God whether I get the toast or the pancakes alongside the eggs. But I also think that might be a ploy of the evil one because if I get bogged down in trying to discern God's will in every little detail of my life, that might be possibly to just keeping me from being more productive in things that can build up the kingdom, in me loving others, in me being that, that missionary disciple of Christ. So I could be distracted by unnecessary discernment, missing those opportunities to serve God in larger capacities. Uh, what do you think?
1: Absolutely. The, uh, the ever-present analysis paralysis— where I spend so much time worrying about making the right decision that I never actually make the decision. And I think, you know, from lots of things that are being written, this is something where many of our young adults, you know, part of this generation we call the millennials, you know, they're, 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 they're stuck, right? And, and parents and grandparents are saying, well, they're trying to find themselves, right? And they are, and, 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 and they really earnestly are. But the problem is, that, you know, they're looking for the perfect place, And a friend of mine often quotes, I forget who he's quoting, uh, never let the perfect get in the way of the good, right? Um, But, yeah, this might not be the perfect job for you, but it's a good job. It's a good job, and you can start there, and you can learn something, and you can move forward. And, and yeah, I mean – no, where does God's will fall into like something like our breakfast choices? Well, you know, if I'm supposed to be eating a heart-healthy diet or a you know low-carb uh, diet, right. I, I shouldn't go to the diner and have the uh, French toast and the uh, uh, you know sticky bun covered in butter, right? And the, and a side order of bacon, right? Um, but if I'm making a choice between am I going to eat the uh, the cornflakes or the Rice Krispies, yeah, I don't think God has an opinion. <laughs> you know, he wants us to choose things that are healthy and well and not be... Uh, sinful, right? We don't want to be gluttonous, um, but but that God's not going to be so in the picayune that, you know, which rosary should I use today? God doesn't care if we use our fingers. He delights that we pray, and he delights that we turn to his mother and pray. And so, yeah, I think we can go overboard that God has a plan for every little thing in our life. Um, Does God care about it? Certainly, certainly. But he trusts you enough to make the decisions that are most pleasing.
0: Uh, you know, yesterday at Mass we had the Gospel reading from St. Luke, and there were three different people who claim they want to follow Jesus, but they all have these different responses that show that they only want to follow Jesus on their own terms. And then we have the same account from St. Matthew's Gospel today at Mass. And in both of these readings, the people saying they don't want or that they want to follow Jesus, they don't necessarily recognize, the sacrifice and the surrender that's required in truly following Jesus. And then at the end of yesterday's gospel reading, Jesus gives a very stern response, it seems. He says, no one who sets a hand to the plow and then looks back to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. So as we're trying to discern God's will in our lives, how can we take, I guess, a realistic inventory of our spiritual lives and be honest with ourselves about some of the things that might keep us from completely following Jesus? Or maybe we're even unaware of those. How do we uncover those attachments in our lives that might make us, as Jesus said, unfit for the kingdom of God?
1: Yeah. It it, it 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 struck me yesterday uh, This is my first weekend at a new parish So I celebrated four masses yesterday So hearing that gospel again and again And I didn't really preach on that last line specifically But uh, it, it certainly grabbed my attention As I went through the weekend um, For Jesus to say you're not fit for the kingdom Why? Well because the kingdom is always forward looking And so I think when we make a discernment and, and again a real discernment Where we take time We take time and And, and I think that there's You know, there's always the two extremes There's the people who analyze forever and never get to a choice. But then there's the other people who say, oh, I prayed about it and I'm going. And I've had that encounter with people where they're coming to me for confession or a little bit of direction or something. And they're saying they want to discern about, you know, a change of jobs or whatever. And then I see them, you know, six weeks later and they say, oh, yeah, well, I'm two weeks into my new job. And I'm like, oh, I guess guess the discernment went quick. Oh, I prayed and and I made a decision. Okay. Well, I, I think sometimes people rush into it so fast. Now, sometimes we have a deadline, and it's good to have a deadline when you're discerning that I need to make a decision by this date so that we don't discern forever. But I think there could be a a, a fault on some of our sides where we we just hastily jump into the decision. And then because of that, we're always looking back. Oh, did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake? Which is why we want to discern well, make the choice, and then move forward. Right? Because the devil, who's always wanting to attack, the devil is going to make us think, oh, you made a mistake. Oh, you did this wrong. Oh, you shouldn't have done this. And so we need to fight the devil and we need to try to fight his influence in us.
0: You know, that's such a good point. Maybe we can talk about that for a moment. You know, when we go through that discernment process, and this kind of goes back to an attitude of the grass is always greener. You know, when you're looking back and you're saying, well, I had this choice between option A and option B, I went with option B, and life doesn't seem perfect, and, you know, I still have problems, and I still have these, you know, these faults, and I thought everything was going to be just wonderful after I made this decision and I followed this, because I'd be in God's will, and then God would make everything perfect for me. And when that doesn't happen, then we get caught up in this looking back, well, I chose option B. What if I chose option A? Oh, what if? And then we, you know, you were talking about early in the hour, we don't live in the present moment. I think that also is something where we get we get caught up in these what ifs and we start imagining if I could only go back and Make that decision again and choose the other option. How wonderful life would be! But in reality, we're still going to have the same problems, the same faults. That you know, I mean, or we might just have traded those for other problems and other faults. You know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I always uh, will, will joke with friends about you know as wonderful as social media is, um, you know, and I fall in prey to this as well. You're going through Facebook and you, you you see the girl that you went to the junior prom with. And you think, wow, what, what would it have been like, you know, if, if, if that had worked out different, right? And you start going down this thing, and it's like, okay, what's, what's the point here, right? I'm presuming that she even wanted to date me, you know, Uh, all these what-ifs, 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 and what does it do? It it keeps me from being grateful in the moment. It keeps me from being content with the life that I have. Again, daydreaming, okay, sometimes it's harmless, but sometimes it's quite harmful. And so I think we do have to be uh, quite cautious and quite prudent uh, around that.
0: Father Chris Walsh is our spiritual director today on The Inner Life, and we're talking about how we can discern and accept God's will when God speaks to us, when he gives us that answer. And especially if God says no, how do you accept that in your life? Did you have that moment where God said, no, that's not what I want for you? And how did you finally accept that? How did you say, okay, God, I will, I'll follow your lead on this, even if it was something that went against what you wanted? Or did you ignore what God said, and you just did what you wanted anyway? How did that go? Uh, maybe you're in the midst of trying to discern God's will, trying to accept God's will for your life right now, and you'd like to talk with Father Chris. 888 914 9149 is our phone number to call in the studio. 888 914 9149, or you can email us life at relevantradio.com. We'll be back in just a moment with more from Father Chris Walsh here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond talking today with Father Chris Walsh. And we're also taking your phone calls as we talk about how we can accept God's will in our lives, especially at those times where he might say no or he might say no, not yet. And uh, you're welcome to call in at 888-914-9149, 914 uh, 9149 Father... Let's briefly talk about when God tells us no. You know, there's the the story in St. Matthew's Gospel about a rich young man who approaches Jesus, asks what he must do to go to heaven, to gain eternal life. Jesus tells him to keep the commandments, and the young man says, he's done this. What else does he need to do? Then Jesus tells him to sell everything that he owns, give it to the poor, and to come and follow Jesus. And Matthew then says that this young man, he walks away sad, he goes away sad because he didn't want to sell his possessions. And I also kind of imagine Jesus himself being sad and disappointed at this young man's response, you know, lovingly looking at him and having sadness as he walks away. And there's, of course, been a lot made over attachment to wealth in this story. But we also see someone who isn't willing to accept the answer that Jesus gives him. He thinks, I'm doing everything right. He's just going to give me a pat on the back, essentially, I think, is is what this young man is preparing to, to hear. And when it isn't that answer, he's sad. When God doesn't give us the answer we want, you know, when we're expecting a pat on the back and he says, well, no, you need to do more, how can we prepare ourselves so that we don't find ourselves in the same situation, you know, ahead of time that we can get into a mindset that regardless of whether I like the answer or not, I really am going to be humble, and I'm going to follow God's leading.
1: Yeah, well, again, I think that that disposition, um, I think it's always great to pray the Lord's Prayer when we discern, because what do we pray? Thy will be done. And the reality is is that that rich young man wasn't coming with that disposition. Uh, He was coming with, God, these are my plans. Will you bless them? And we do that. You know, God, this is, this is what I want. You'll confirm that, right, God? You're okay with me doing this, God? Okay. And sometimes God says, no, no, actually, I want you to do something entirely different. And that's tough to hear. It's tough to hear for us. And so I think that that's that, that honesty, that the rich young man didn't come with an attitude and a disposition that was where it probably most definitely needed to be.
0: Let's look at one other example from Scripture, and this is the story of Jonah. Very famous story from the Bible. He refuses to go where God tells him to, doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and uh, he you, things start going very badly for him. I mean, you know, ultimately he's swallowed by a large fish, spends a couple of days in the belly of that fish before accepting God's direction. So what the reason I bring this up is it might raise a question for us. If I feel like I've discerned God's will, and I'm not out of it, you know, if I am in God's will, unlike Jonah, I'm trying to follow, but then something bad happens to me immediately after I make that decision. I try and do where uh, go where I think God wants me to go. Is that God punishing me because I'm not doing what he wants? And how how can we know whether this is the case you know sometimes bad things just happen jesus tells us this you know just because uh something bad happens it doesn't necessarily mean we're being punished you know the rain falls on the just and the unjust so how do how do i understand no this is just bad circumstances versus god's really trying to get my attention like jonah
1: yeah, it's, the Jonah story is a, a fabulous, um, um, you know, message uh, for us, which is, um, you, you know, God will pursue us at times. You know, God will be the hound from heaven. Like, like, Jonah, I really want you to do this. This isn't a work that I can pass on to someone else. I, I want you for this. And we may want to resist it, um, but, uh, you know, God's going to pursue God's going to pursue, and Jonah is certainly the classic case of that. But again, God never forces Jonah, right? We don't know where the story would have gone, and again, it's it's, it's allegorical. Um, You know, there's certainly truth to it, because Jonah is a real person and and, and prophet. But, But the key is that Jonah gets to the point that he says, you know what, God, I will do what you want. I I realize this really is what you want. And God uses all sorts of strange circumstances to reveal that. And that happens in people's lives all the time, right? You know, the the happenstance, that maybe even the sufferings that occur that they later will see, ah, this was God leading me in this direction. But I think it's key from the Jonah story that that, that God might pursue us. If God really wants us to do something, he's not going to take our no for an answer. He's going to pursue, and but he still waits for us to say yes. He still respects uh, that freedom of choice.
0: Father, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, a few different calls coming in here. And let's go to Judy, who's listening to us in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Judy, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here.
2: Glad to be speaking to both of you today. I really appreciate your programs. I've learned a lot from
0: you and, and
2: Patrick and um, the situation I had was my husband was in the hospital and wasn't doing well, and I called my sister, and we prayed, and I said, okay, God, if I know you can heal him if it is your will, but if you decide to take him, I'll accept it. It's been hard, but I know where he is. He, he's with the Lord. But now it's like, okay, where are you going to lead me now? I, I don't know what direction he's he's pointing me to now.
1: Yeah, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, you know, and, and certainly at when death comes, particularly after years of marriage, um, there, there's great heartache and there's great pain, and, and I think it's one of those things where. Um, You know, we have to wait a little bit of time and and let the grief subside and then say, okay, God, here I am. What now? What now? And for many centuries in the early church, we need to remember before there was religious life, as we understood it, there was the order of widows. And the widows were essential in the founding of the diaconate in the church. And I think it's an area where we as a church, maybe in local communities, need to look at how are we using our widows? Not only how are we caring for them and supporting them, uh, but, but lots of evidence in the early church of the way, you know, widows assume different types of ministry. And I, I think you, by your call and by the faith that I'm hearing in you and the, and the prayer, even as your husband was passing, uh, to know that God has something. And so keep your eyes open, maybe make yourself available to different folks and say, listen, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's next. If you think of something, let me know. That's another key part we haven't talked about, relying on the word that comes from other people that God may be using.
0: And Judy, I'd like to just go back and reemphasize something that Father Chris said here on give yourself some time there. I know even from a standpoint of, uh, you know, financial advisors will often say if you're married and your spouse dies, you shouldn't sell your house or shouldn't make any big financial decisions for at least one year unless it's absolutely necessary just because you'll be going through that grieving process and so give yourself some time spiritually as well you know not just from a a standpoint of material Um, considerations here, but also from spiritual. Just, uh, you know, try and work through that grief process. And you'll be in my prayers, and I know so many other people will be praying for you as you do try and understand kind of where God is going to be calling you and leading you next. Uh, Father, let's go to Maria, who's calling from California. Maria, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Chris Walsh.
2: Thank you, thank you. Um, I have a question. Uh, We have plans, or we start discerning back in... April, or even a little before, to move to Texas. My husband has been applying for a job. He had an interview, but still doesn't have a job. So, how, how long? Is it too long, or is it how do we discern? That's what I'm struggling a little. And actually, we already have plans to move next week.
1: Oh, well, it sounds like you're somewhat discerned. Um, so, so was the move connected to the job or you're just looking for a job when you get to the new destination?
2: A little bit of both. It's mostly, um, also because of my son, he's 12, um, uh, the schools here are not the best. Um, yeah. and there's a, the, um, convent with the Catholic school that, uh, we're going to be nearby. Okay. And, uh, and- so,
1: and so I'm, I'm still unsure of the question, what is your, your discernment is, how does your husband find the right job when, he get, when you reach the new destination?
2: And, and if, um, again, yeah, that and, and hopefully we're doing the right move.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> that's one of those things where you've made the decision and so you have to believe that hopefully God, you know, was in it and and move forward because if you're already moving you're already moving. So so trust that God is going to... If, if God wasn't leading you, trust that God is going to be pushing you. Okay? And then when you get there, you know, again, you have to test the fruits. If six months from now, you know what, let's go back where we were. Okay? But as far as the discernment of, of what job it would be, well, then it's going to be he has to get there and see what options are available. You know, if he can't keep his current job or transfer to another location, then perhaps there needs to be that. Um, but as far as, you know... W- Is it the right move? Well, I think now you're going to have to test and see the fruits. Is everyone in the family happy? Does there seem to be the support system that you need? You know, are you providing? But again, don't be afraid, like so many people in the scriptures, to say, okay, I thought this was the way. Turns out it's not. Let me go this other way. You know, I think for all of our listeners, Mother Seton is a great example, right? Mother Seton's a faithful Episcopalian who then discerns to become a Catholic. She's a faithful wife. Who then discerns to become a religious? Even as a religious, she's convinced she's supposed to be in New York, and then she's open to the idea of being moved to Emmitsburg, Maryland. So Mother Seton one of those models for us that just because we're headed in one path doesn't mean we're going to stay on that path.
0: Uh, Father, let's go kind of back to the the question that Maria did ask, though. Even though it, I agree, it sounds like she and her husband they've kind of made the decision already if they're planning to move next week, but. When you're in that discerning process, you had said it's good to have a deadline. And so when you give yourself that deadline, I've done that for myself, too, where, you know, I'll I'll say, okay, God, I have the choice to be here where I am or to move into this new opportunity. And I need to make a decision by, you know, next whatever, you know, or two weeks from now or four weeks or whatever it is. I'm leaning towards this way. If you want me to do something else, please make it abundantly clear that I should change my mind. But if I don't hear from you before that time, I'm just going to proceed with this because it seems best to me. Is that a fine approach to have in, in the process of discernment?
1: Yeah, I, we always have to have a deadline because, again, we can go on and on and on. And lots of times there needs to be a deadline. We have to be out of this apartment before we you know, move on to another. And sometimes we are making the best choice that's available to us at this time. Again, we don't let the the, the good, uh, the perfect, get in the way of the good. We wish we had more time. We wish we had more opportunities to discern. But amongst the options we have, let's go forward with
0: that. Father, you had one of those moments just recently in your own life, too, where uh, uh, you ended up seeing a path that was set in front of you and it wasn't necessarily what you wanted. How were you able to discern through that and then finally come to a point where you said, okay, I will accept God's will and God's leading?
1: Yeah, so I was pastor at St. Raymond's, uh, in another section of Philadelphia for 14 years and uh, approached by the archdiocese to, 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 to finish my time there and, and and to move on. We don't have set term limits in Philadelphia, although the new archbishop is sort of moving towards that, so I wasn't expecting a move, wasn't looking for a move, so it, it sort of came out of nowhere, and, um, and they presented a couple options, you know, to me, as, as, as happens these days in, in, in clergy assignments, and I, and I took it to prayer, and, um, you know, it was very clear that, that, that I was going to be moved, <laughs> um, and it was going to be accepted under obedience, um, you know, but I wanted my heart to catch up to that. Um, and it's still very much a work in progress. I just moved a week ago today, um, you know, and so it's all still fresh and new. And the, the community has been wonderful in welcoming me, and there's great sadness and leaving behind what I know. But it's, it's what I said earlier in the show, okay, today, today I'm going to seek to do God's will. Today I'm going to serve this community of St. Cecilia's Church um, I loved every minute of my 14 years at St. Raymond's, um, and I wish it could have gone on for another 14 years. But, you know, part of my life as a priest is obedience, that I served the church, the entire archdiocese. I wasn't ordained for a particular parish community or a particular school and so I have yeah. to be open to that as difficult as it is in a sense I already discerned years ago when I made my promise of obedience mm. and so yeah. it's accepting the will even when it's most difficult
0: yeah uh, I really appreciate you saying it's a work in progress that we don't have to have everything sorted out immediately when we make that discernment father we've got about 20 seconds here could I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing as we conclude okay. the hour
1: May Almighty God bless you and fill you with the grace you need to discern well all the choices and to accept consolation when things do not go well, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father Chris Walsh, for being with us. Thanks to Nick Santovich and Thomas Engesser for their assistance in producing the program. Of course, the podcast will be posted here shortly on RelevantRadio.com, our website, or on the Relevant Radio app. You can access it there. And stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.